Let's Talk Crypto with Gabrielle Haynes. Hello, we're on with Ty, the CEO and COO and co-founder of Nifty Lab. How are you doing today, Ty? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you for having me. Um, we actually got a chance to meet in Miami, so I'm glad we could reconnect. We got to meet at the Crypto Dogs party in Miami. Yeah. Crypto Dog, he's a nice guy. He doesn't look like a dog. He looks like yeah. a human. Who would have thought? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was walking in and, and uh, there was like a kind of security at the gate and uh, you had to like show your invite or something. And there's this guy and, and I'm like, well, the crypto dog invited me. And he's like, oh, I'm the crypto dog. And I'm like, oh, oh nice to oh. meet you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That, was, that must have been pretty cool. I remember the first time I, um, I met him, it was actually in Singapore. And uh, I didn't know it at the time, like who he was, um, but I just asked for you know him to follow me on Twitter. And then, of course, I figured it out after he followed me. So, but it was funny. Nice. Uh, did you enjoy Miami? I really did. I think, um, you know, I'm having some thoughts for currently I'm in California, Orange County, but um, I'm really having some thoughts that I might, you know, head over to Miami, stay there for a couple months. Um, I just think it's really vibrant. There's a lot of stuff going on with crypto. And that's just I feel like that's where I need to be right now. So I, I loved it. I actually just moved to Austin. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that's where I am right now. So um I, and we, and we did, you know, kind of consider Miami as well. Uh, but ultimately I, I decided, I mean, we decided, but I don't know how happy my wife is, but <laughs> we're here for now. We decided to be here for now. I feel like in Texas versus Miami, uh, Miami can be very superficial at times. You know, you yes. have a lot of uh, fake lips, fake boobs, uh, <laughs> you know, Gucci slippers, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah, so yeah. I, I feel that for sure. I mean, like how, how's Austin? It seems like everybody is just kind of migrating to Texas, Austin specifically. Yeah. I mean, I really like it. I think it's pretty chill. Like it's a relaxed environment, you know, versus again, like if you go to a place like New York, Miami, uh, LA, it feels very developed. You know, mm -hmm. you see these huge buildings, mass amounts of people, you know, he here in Austin, like you have, it feels like there's a lot more opportunity, right? Like that you can, you know, be more impactful on the community because there's just less people and there's more space. And so I kind of like that. Um, but, you know, everyone uh, teach their own, I guess. Right. I think there's seasons for it. You know, like like I said, I'm in Orange County, but more specifically kind of like uh, on the Irvine side. And Irvine is, uh, yes, it's developed, but it's just really quiet. Um, you know, it's it's like a you know neighborhood kind of environment, like where you grow up and, and raise a uh, family. Obviously, Miami, kind of different, <laughs> kind of different. Absolutely. I, I grew up in California, so I'm, I'm, I've been to Irvine, so I'm familiar. Yeah. I'm familiar. Yeah. Then, you know, it, it's just quiet. It's, I, you know, maybe I'll set up home base here one day and just, you know, kind of come here to, to relax. But uh, yeah, I, I think for now, you know, kind of the wheel and deal stage is um, more my thing right now. So. Gotcha. So um, what's your background? What do you, what are your skills? Oh, well, I don't really know what my, my skills are per se, but, uh, I think, I think, uh, um, kind of going into like my crypto background, I started 
late 2017, I became kind of like a permanent back holder of Litecoin, um, you know, from like the top, you know, uh, late, late investor. Um, but what it really did for me is, is made me look into the technical details of crypto and kind of get, you know, deeper into it. And that's, I guess, I, you know, as far as skill sets go, um, you know, one of the things that I really um, like doing is, is just that, diving into technical details. Um, when I was 19 years old, I started an IT company. Um, obviously not doing that anymore, but uh, for a time it was, it was cool to do that. So I got into like a lot of the, you know, hardware, software, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's kind of like where crypto pulled me in because it was something that I was not familiar with, you know, all this blockchain tech and how it worked. And on the surface, when you look at it, you're like, okay, this is just a bunch of like hullabaloo. There's nothing here. Um, it just, people just making stuff up, right? But then you dig deeper and you discover like, this is a whole new world. Um, more specifically, you know, like with Web3, it's just, it's entirely different from what we're used to. So I had had a chance um, to actually quit my job in 2018. And I decided that I wanted to uh, head over to Asia and travel Asia. Didn't know how long I'd be there, but I just decided that I didn't want to work at uh, T-Mobile at the time um, as a manager and I uh, wanted to do something more. And my background was actually more specifically in like YouTube, um, similar to yourself. I did YouTube for a few years, um, you know, kind of with different channels, um, rather successful in some of the channels, like making money, kind of doing stuff like that. But then I had kind of gone into the crypto side of things with YouTube, um, did a lot of that uh, throughout 2018, 2019. But then early 2019 is when I decided to, um, you know, hit the road. I, I went to uh, Asia, traveled there for nine months, and I went from, you know, all over the place, Philippines, uh, Thailand, Cambodia, Malaysia, Korea, Japan, et cetera, et cetera, just all over Asia and got a chance to talk to a lot of different crypto people from that side of the world. And it showed me that there was a lot more innovation coming. And uh, some of that innovation had been kind of stifled in the US. And um, so I was really confident about the, the long term growth of crypto from that point on. And then late uh, 2020, you know, we, uh, my, my partner and business partner, um, Digital Lawrence and I, we, spent a lot of time just kind of figuring out what product are we going to bring to the market? You know, what would be something that would be really impactful to, um, you know, the community in general. And uh, then we kind of came across like NFTs and what you could do with NFTs. And um, essentially what we found out is that uh, there's a lot of really cool things that you can do when you verify um, assets, digital asset ownership. And um, so that's kind of like what led us into Nifty Labs, um, late 2020. And so we um, came up with the company for that and the product and everything. And that's kind of what's blossomed into what it is today. What is the product? Yeah. So essentially, uh, the, the tagline, the simple tagline is we take NFTs from uh, the speculative value that they currently are and, and uh, really bring uh, underlying value through utility. So our whole uh, focus is essentially... Uh, Verifying digital asset ownership, more specifically NFTs, because NFTs are very hot and there's a lot of things you can do with them. And then once we verified that an, a, a user owns an NFT, they can be redirected into a lot of different um, types of uh, environments. So, for example, we can take your uh, NFT, you know, verify that you own that and then place you in a private community channel, for example. I mean, that's that's kind of like a concept that's been around for a few years now um, with some other competitors like Collabland, for example. Um and so that's like the first step. The second step is kind of like uh, beyond that. So then taking an NFT and maybe 
um, using it to get access to exclusive content, maybe taking an NFT to get authentication for some other services, you know, in a web app or a mobile application. And just kind of going beyond that. Um, and then, you know, further than that, there's like metaverses. That's what's kind of big right now, being able to, um, you know, log into the, the metaverse, maybe with your NFT and then having that NFT, take, you know, come with you, for example. Um, all these types of things are all relative to what we're trying to accomplish at Nifty Labs. So what is offering right now? So currently uh, we have our um, Nifty Connect uh, flagship product. Uh, it's currently, uh, you could say it's in beta stages. Um, we're about to take a big push uh, from our staging server to production, uh, which will allow users to um, essentially create token gates for Telegram, Discord, or even um, uh, protected links um, on the platform. Uh, but further than that, you'll be able to um, use Ethereum, EVM compatible chains, uh, like Binance Smart Chain, you know, Polygon, things like that. Um, but also we've added a few more chains to add cross-chain or interoperability uh, like Wax Chain. And then we're working on um, adding Solana as well. And so uh, the idea here is that, you know, in this vastly expanding world of NFTs, in Web3, there is not going to be just one chain to rule them all. Like a lot of people think, you know, Ethereum is going to be like the final transaction settlement layer. None of the other transaction settlement layers, layers are going to matter, but that's just not the case because we see NFTs growing on Solana. We see NFTs even growing on like chains like IOTA, for example. Um, they're just everywhere. And so the goal for us is to bring all these um, NFTs and their functionality into one place, um, which is the NFT utility management platform. Um, now, we, now, we not only have the web app, but we also have um, our mobile app that's in iOS and, and Android beta as well. Um, so, you know, kind of ahead of the game in terms of like the technical developments. Um, and, and we don't even have our token out yet. So we're doing things backwards, so to speak. Gotcha. So you're basically creating a platform to enable NFT utility. So oh. one idea is like being able to join a community yep. if you have a particular NFT. Another idea, I, I don't know, like there's so many different things you could do, but uh, maybe stream uh, revenues if someone's holding your NFT, yep. particular creator, something like that. Um, why, why are you so passionate in particular about NFTs? I think it's because of... Uh, what NFTs are at the core and uh, all the different things that you can do with NFT without even adding any utility to it. For example, like the metadata, you know, you can customize the metadata at any point if you want to, um, you know, you can have different, um, you know, like, like for example, what Chainlink's doing with dynamic NFTs uh, based on certain variables, the NFT metadata might change, um, which is obviously really cool. You only need one asset to verify. You don't need 10,000 fungible tokens. Um, you know, on top of that, you can earn royalties, uh, you know, so this is really good for brands and NFT ecosystems that are trying to um, create uh, secondary uh, revenue streams, maybe not from the primary sales, but from the secondary market sales, for example. So there's a lot of things with like just one NFT that you could do, not only as a creator, but also as a user, um, on top of the fact that you can then uh, simply require um, that user to own the NFT to get additional functionality. So I think that, that there's a big difference between like the fungible token side and the NFT side. And I always make this, um, you know, a big um, 
debate anytime I do interviews like this, for example, because I want people to understand that the fungible tokens are not exactly the same as NFTs. The NFTs are, are leaps and bounds ahead, in my opinion. In terms of what? In terms of community building? Um, in terms of just functionality, I think. Um, I, I think that just because, like, I, like the points that I mentioned, um, there's a lot more that you can do with just one NFT than you could do with like 5,000 or 10,000 fungible social tokens, for example. Um, you know, for example, if, if the liquidity gets pulled from a social token, then that social token no longer has really any, um, any value. Not only that, but people aren't really going to be enjoying uh, using it either. But because of NFT's um, illiquidity, which I consider more of a feature than a bug, um, it, it allows the user to know like, okay, for example, if I'm using my NFT as a membership or a subscription token, that NFT, I can pretty much depend on that NFT to, to stay around a certain value, um, you know, because of the illiquidity uh, tacked to that. Um, now, obviously, there's different like fractionalization and more liquidity um, uh, types of uh, mechanisms coming in for NFTs as we kind of go along. But at face value, the NFT is a liquid um, as a feature. So it's a feature, not a bug. I like that. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I call it. So <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, there is also something a little bit nicer about holding a nice piece of art rather than just some tokens that have like some weird has, has a cool ticker or something. Yeah, not only that, you know, we've been talking to a lot of big brands. Um, I, I can't go any like any names, but just know that there is a lot of big brands and companies that are, are looking um, you know, at NFTs and they're saying, okay, we could do that, right? Not only could we, for example, in, the, in Twitter's case, give away these NFTs, you know, free of charge, um, you know, except no, no royalties at all on top of that, maybe because of like IP concerns and things like that. Um, but they can still put NFTs out that obviously has their branding on it. And it shows that they are obviously in the realm of, of Web3. They're, they're trying to get their brand recognition out there, just like Twitter did. You get Pizza Hut Canada, Taco Bell, Charmin, all these brands are coming into NFTs and wanting to uh, build out their NFT ecosystems for a lot of different reasons. You know, loyalty, rewards, essentially, you can kind of uh, game the system with NFT ecosystems that way. Um, you know, obviously, there's the brand recognition, the advertisement that comes along with putting out your own NFTs, um, and so forth. And so they can do this with NFTs, whereas they can't do this with fungible tokens because for a brand to launch a, launch a fungible token um, could be seen as a security. And for them, they're just not willing to risk that. Twitter, on the other hand, you know, they're, they're the most compliant company there is. I mean, it's Twitter, you know, you can't get any bigger than that. And they launched their NFTs, but they gave them away for free. Now they couldn't launch a fungible token, for example. Right. Um, it's pretty interesting that there is that differentiation i mean what if they just did an airdrop i mean is that that would be an issue yeah i don't know <laughs> are, you, are you referring to like the fungible tokens yeah if they just did like i don't know like an erc20 just everyone on twitter can claim like i i, I don't know. know i don't know if there's like liquidity problems that they'd run into yeah. um or like who's providing the liquidity where does it come from things like that i, I think it just adds a lot of um complexity whereas yeah. okay Twitter can mint NFTs with art on them and then give them away for free with, you know, receiving no royalties on them to cover their asses, basically. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing I see with these 
Twitter NFTs though, like they haven't really built anything around them though. They've just kind of made the drop and then never talked about it again. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, I think what their plans are um, initially is to get the brand recognition, to show people that they are uh, kind of diving into the realm of NFTs. Uh, I mean, yeah, Jack Dorsey is not like quite fond of Ethereum. We're not as fond um, of Ethereum as he is Bitcoin. But for Twitter to drop NFTs in general on Ethereum does speak volumes. And so I think they have a lot of plans for how NFTs will play into Twitter, for example. Um, one of the ideas that um, actually Naval, uh, I mean, I'm sure you know Naval, you know, on Twitter, um, you know, he, he tweeted something to the effect of, um, you know, these pseudonymous NFT profile pictures will essentially uh, be like social identity, right, on social media. Now, imagine like taking that a step further and authenticating um, your NFT, essentially, like verifying that you own an NFT on Twitter as your profile picture. And then maybe you get like a green check mark instead of a blue, for example. You know, different things like that is kind of like the ideas that we're thinking of. I don't know if you saw, but someone leaked that you can link a Bitcoin and Ethereum wallet to their, on Twitter as they, they have some sort of leak that uh, someone was able to reverse engineer this functionality within the Twitter application. Really? When did this come out? Just a couple of days ago. I mean, nice. who knows if when knows it will happen. Real, but yeah. <laughs> uh, it yeah, looked pretty cool. cool. Yeah, definitely having an Ethereum wallet attached to your uh, to your Twitter handle, that would that'd be crazy, right? That'd be insane. I mean, imagine <laughs> just being able to tip somebody straight through Twitter. I think it's coming. I, I think that um, they're they're not uh, unfamiliar with Web three and kind of how all this is going to uh, evolve. Um, but that's just my opinion. I I, I kind of see it coming. Yeah, I really want a brand. Well, we've seen brands get involved. We've seen Visa buy a punk. We saw Budweiser buy beer.eth or whatever. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I really want a brand just to do like an airdrop, like. All American Express customers get this <laughs> limited edition NFT. Like, why not? That like, be, yeah, that'd be insane. <laughs> I can see it though. Yeah, why not? I mean, that's that, that's good marketing. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. and that's that's the DeFi spirit, right? Your users, you got to give back to your users, right? Yeah, exactly. And I will tell you that um, Visa is definitely snooping around in, in Web three. And I think they really get NFTs and what they're going to do for um, the digital goods and digital commerce space as a whole, because we're adding a, a, another or a, a few layers uh, of digital commerce um, to, to the internet, essentially, right? Not only could you use um, or essentially buy an NFT, it has value, right? And it'll hold that value because, they're, because a lot of these things are designed to be a liquid. Um, but further than that, you know, you also have um, added functionality that can come from NFT. So imagine what if uh, what if you hold a CryptoPunk, for example, and, you know, you could go through Visa's, um, you know, infrastructure and receive promotions or discounts um, on different products and services on the Internet, wherever. Um, those are types of things that we believe are going to happen, and we can actually facilitate that. So we've actually been developing a uh, Shopify plugin, for example, um, that uh, creators will be able to uh, add to their stores on Shopify. 
And essentially what you could do is you could log in uh, and it might say like Nifty Connect, for example, a Nifty Connect button, kind of like a Google OAuth or a Facebook login, right? But you log in essentially with your MetaMask, uh, it proves the ownership of your NFT. And um, after that, you'll probably have like uh, different prices uh, get discounted on a Shopify store, for example, or maybe even redeem um, entirely free just by holding an NFT. These are the types of things that are going to start happening. And I know Visa knows it um, because, um, yeah, actually, I, I won't release any information on that. I'll just keep that as it is. We'll be vague. We'll be vague here. We yeah, won't we'll, be, say. we'll be vague on that one. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't want to put too much out there. Fair enough. Um, we've seen, uh, you brought up Shopify. Shopify has also been kind of uh, teasing uh, some sort of Web3 integration. I think they tweeted GM the other day or something like that. <laughs> like- yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> they are definitely getting into it. They um, they did that whole release with the Chicago Bulls where they actually let the Bulls have their NFTs uh, hosted on um, a Shopify store. So I guess oh, now they're going to start, yeah, they're going to start letting people do um, NFT sales through their Shopify stores um, soon enough, mainly because people are doing it already. Uh, there's a lot of different NFT companies that were doing um, NFT sales through Shopify so they could have the a fiat on-ramp essentially. And then they would just, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know the actual fulfillment, but they would somehow, you know, airdrop the NFTs afterwards. Right. Pretty interesting. So does that mean Shopify integrates with uh you know, with ETH and USDC, or is it just basically like a, like a, a fiat on, like you pay in fiat and get the NFT? That's a good question, to be honest. I don't really know how they're going to do it. Um, that, that's a great question. Um, I think what is going to happen over time is what we would like to support, um, especially with what we're doing, um, you know, Nifty Labs and, and also Nifty Network, is we would like to uh, uh, essentially aggregate uh, multiple different chains um, into one network um, and eventually require only one login needed to authenticate yourself or your NFTs across multiple chains. Um, Because what's going to happen, we know this, is there's going to be more and more chains that come up and they've got their own NFT ecosystems and their own fungible tokens, et cetera, et cetera. And then, you know, we have one Google login on one Facebook login, but we can't have you know, hundreds, you know, of different chains to log into to verify ownership. Uh, There needs to be one central point of authority, obviously, in a decentralized world uh, where you can um, authenticate any NFTs you own across any chains with like one button, for example. Yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. I mean, why do you have to like switch networks? Like, what is that whole thing? Like, why can't you just read it? I mean, yeah, the user doesn't (laughs) care about like the network security and stuff like that. They want to be able to like use the products very seamlessly. And so that's where I think it's all going. Yeah, yeah. How how do you say see yourself? How do you see Nifty Labs integrating with Web 2.0? That's exactly, that's a good question. Um, but that's exactly like what we're focused on currently. Um, so web two would be things like, uh, like, you know, our traditional world, like for example, um, a WordPress site, you know, that's web two. Uh, and let's just say that a user wants to, um, you know, token gate content on a website so that only, uh, users who hold NFTs of the creators can gain access. 
then that's a simple web two process there on, on the WordPress side. The web three process is, okay, you have an NFT, we can verify that you do own this. Now we'll give you access to this web two site. So that's where web three meets web two. Um, obviously more complicated, you could go down um, the idea of maybe a Twitch streamer, for example. Um, you know, a Twitch streamer has their NFT ecosystem and they, you know, stream uh, for their premium members on Fridays and Sundays or something like that, who knows? And you have to have an NFT um, of theirs to gain access to these premier or these uh, premium uh, Twitch streams. Um, so that's another, you know, uh, idea that there, uh, Web two to Web three, um, and then you can just keep going. Any processes that are currently in Web two that you want to redirect users into or authenticate users into um, is game essentially uh, for that Web three to Web two uh, bridge. The Web3 process just needs to essentially verify the ownership of the digital assets. And then once that's done, you know, the possibilities are endless. Is it more valuable to, ooh, I don't know, more valuable. I don't know how to phrase it exactly, but is it more valuable to integrate with Web2.0 or to just rebuild these things from the beginning? So you have WordPress, like, is it better just to have a native web three WordPress where maybe even the website is an NFT and you could sell that if you want. Right. Like yeah. it, where, where do you see that balance? I think, um, I think over time, everything will eventually just kind of transition, but you're still going to have that period of time where, you know, people are still familiar with web two. They don't really know how to use a MetaMask. They don't know how to buy NFTs. They don't know how to do any of the things that crypto native um, users are familiar with. And so, eventually you're, what you're gonna have is a time period where um, there has to be some sort of bridge. There has to be some sort of um, easier uh, process with UI, UX and the functionality side um, that takes a user from their uh, typical web two experience to this new world of web three. The first way to do that is gonna be um, using similar processes that they're used to. And those processes might look like, okay, I know how to sign in with Google and Facebook. That's something I'm used to, right? Well, why couldn't I do the same thing um, with a, you know, an NFT login, basically, or an NFT authentication. Now, obviously, this would mean that you'd have to come up with some um, easier mechanism um, in terms of like the wallet and things like that. But I think that's where we're going to uh, build a, a Google Chrome extension, for example, that can interface with each site, similar to like a Lolly, but for NFT um, authentication. So, hmm. pretty interesting. Yeah, one thing that I, um, when I try to explain crypto to people who don't know about crypto, um, I say, okay, you have this new layer of the internet. Imagine your account, you have one account and you could log into WhatsApp and Instagram and right. Facebook all yep. with the same account. Um, wouldn't that be pretty cool? I mean, it would be pretty cool. Um, yeah. We don't really have that right now, but I think that that um that experience even that experience of just like logging in is yeah. much a much you know has much less friction right in that world exactly yeah it's friction i mean that's really the biggest thing what web3 does is it really reduces friction in a way but obviously you'd have a couple of friction um you know types of operations you need to do to get to the frictionless environment so Along the way, we need to figure out a way to essentially reduce the friction in, in setting up uh, the frictionless environment, essentially. 
And I'm hoping that that will come from, you know, easy, like one click purchases of NFTs that can go to your very easy to use wallet. Um, and then after that, it's as simple as, okay, click one button, sign a signature, you're logged in, you've been authenticated, your NFT um, has been verified and whatever you're trying to get access to, whatever membership, subscription, uh, private community, content, whatever that looks like, you get access to it in like really two clicks with the, with the actual process itself. You know, click the button once to get the signature verification, click it again to sign and then you're in, boom, easy. No username and password, no like, oh, check your email for authentication, like no, super simple. Yeah, yeah. One thing I've been thinking a lot about is the idea of ownership. Um, Warren Buffett always is seen in public with a can of Coke because <laughs> he owns the company, right? So right, right. Web, you know, crypto takes this idea to a whole nother level. Like if you have a podcast, right? The music that you put at the podcast, well, you should own the rights to it, right? Yep. Or your avatar, right? You should own the rights to it, your background, like you just own the rights to it. So like everyone will be able to shill their backs 24-7. Uh, but I think that it's a positive because, you know, if you are putting your your name, your reputation behind a particular position and you're going to willing to add value to it, then that's, that's a good thing, right? For the people that are involved with that community and for yourself, because you get some of the upside you're putting in that work, right? Yeah. And I like to think of it, um, you know, the way it kind of functions currently is it's, it's an honor system, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an honor system because everything is tracked, right? Everything is tracked in the blockchain. So if, if Joe Schmo over here decides he's going to take advantage of users um, with, you know, NFTs or fungible tokens, whatever that looks like, obviously, you know, scammers, that's what we call them. Um, then that's an option for them, but that all of that data, all those different transactions will be tracked. And I think it'll eventually catch up to people. But if you look at the other side, you know, the, the honest artists or the people who want to create ecosystems themselves, um, they can put a lot of work into um, these assets and like, you know, the development of the ecosystems and, uh, and, and give people uh, the opportunity to take upside in the development of these ecosystems with these assets like nfts for example and so i think it's a really exciting time because we've never really been able to um, acquire ownership on the internet of assets on the internet right they're native like nfts are native to the internet um they you know technically you could take these and do like some physical experiences and things like that but they're they're going to be on the internet they're staying there right and uh, so never before have we ever really been able to have ownership of assets on the internet. And now we do. Absolutely. Are there any particular projects that you're excited about within the NFT ecosystem? That's a great question. I mean, obviously Nifty Labs, but I'm a little biased there. Uh, um, that would be the first one. Um, I like... I like fractional art. I like what they're doing there. Um, I, I have no idea how the securities laws are going to turn out for some of this stuff. Like I know the SEC, like Hester Pierce was saying, oh, be careful. Like don't, don't be fractionalizing NFTs and things like that because that could be bad. I have no idea if that's actually going to, you know, uh, turn into something weird with the SEC. But for now, I, I really think the fractionalization, kind of like adding liquidity um, to NFTs is really cool. It's a cool idea. Um, and then additionally, um, I like, I like parallel parallel is really cool. 
I think what they're doing with AR um, is, is really awesome. I want to definitely experiment with uh, some concepts like that. Uh, Star Atlas, um, similar, obviously Axie Infinity, can't leave them out. Axie Infinity is awesome. So I think somewhere around uh, uh, those guys, um, I'm just trying to think additionally if there's anybody else, it's just like top tier. I mean, I think that would probably round it out uh, for, for now. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, what about you? What about me? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I got an NFT right behind me here. Um, nice. This Blitmap, which is the creator of Blitmap has gotten pretty popular in the past week <laughs> or so. Um, he, uh, he, his, he created Loot as well. So, oh, okay. I got it. So that's yeah, why I got it. Pumping yeah. up, yeah. Yeah, this guy, uh, he, he's a co-founder of Vine, I believe, from back in the day. Um, yeah, when I minted this NFT, I had no idea about any of that. I just thought it looked like my old Game Boy Color, uh, oh, yeah. which I, I you could get. Oh, that is cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of, yeah, playing Pokemon on my Game Boy. So uh, I like that. Um, and uh, they're going to release... Um, an on-chain gaming console, console which oh, wow. is called SupDrive. It is, it's not out yet, um, but I don't, and I don't exactly know what that means, to be honest. <laughs> sounds cool enough, right? <laughs> it sounds cool, but yeah. the general idea is like the NFTs can be games. So like you load the console with an NFT and that's the cartridge, right? And then you're able uh... to play. Um, Again, I don't know all the details, but um, I'm pretty pretty interested to see how that plays out. Um, yeah. yeah, and, um, and I don't know, maybe we can briefly touch on loot, which has captured the imagination of the uh, the at least crypto Twitter <laughs> for for the past couple They're weeks. They're having a ball with it. When I first saw loot, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't buy any, unfortunately, but it's it's interesting yeah. to see. Um, it's all about imagination, right? And if you're able to tap in to that imagination, then obviously, well, now we can say it's obvious, but that has, that is something that is very powerful. Agreed. So, I mean, I, I definitely need to look into loot more. Obviously, uh, you know, most of the time I'm like busy, just kind of heads down building. Um, and I, I don't really have a lot of time to do more research as I used to, but uh, kind of, Kind of what is the the basis um, behind? Uh, I've, I've seen like all the NFTs. Like I, they have like traits added to like other NFTs. Like, could you explain the concept for me on that? Like, I'm okay. a little confused. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, it's probably it, it's confusing. So uh, I wouldn't. Okay, <laughs> I wouldn't so, I, so it's not terrible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, basically, so this guy he created this project called Loot, um, and it was free to mint, and he took no royalties from it. Um, but basically it was just a text file that had well, all sorts of different items and, and these items, you know, like a uh, divine robe or, uh, you know, short sword or, you know, lightning boots or whatever they are, whatever, you know, stuff, yeah. stuff you would take on, a, on an adventure. Mm -hmm. Um, but the idea in theory is that these, these NFTs could be composable because, you could take these assets into any game, right? Because, because they don't really necessarily have a physical form. You could build on top of it 
however you'd like. Um, what the, I think that the, well, there's been a, a lot of crazy things, but there's been a whole ecosystem developing around loot and, and all these loot derivatives, basically adding value to loot. You know, they created this token um, and they created like if you held loot, then you could claim, uh, you know, other NFTs, including different types of skills or creatures, stuff like that. So the idea is to have some sort of game that is based on these items, which are in the NFT. Um, and of course, there's hundreds of derivatives at this point, Beanie launched Blute, which is another one that has been popular. I saw that. Yep. Which is his own items, uh, including cock rings um, on a green background. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Oh okay. <laughs> um, and uh, N also is a really popular one, which is just uh, numbers. Basically, yeah. I think it's like seven numbers or so. I did so. see that. I was like, bruh, what's going on here? I'm <laughs> But, but but the most interesting thing is that this thing became a phenomenon, right? It's like it it started off a huge trend, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, no, it is very fascinating. Um, I definitely need to look into it more to see exactly where they're going with it. I'm sure. I'm sure once you get it, it's just like oh, mind blowing. But I'm just like numbers on the screen sold for 130. I don't really get it. <laughs> you know, is it mind blowing? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find yeah. out. We'll find out. So we'll, maybe uh, you'll make a, uh, a sevens only club. So if you have sevens in your uh, numbers, then you can uh, join a particular community. I don't know. Something uh, that's, like that. that's smart. That's smart. You can join the <laughs> sevens community. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. And uh, of course um, the, the avatars, um, which was, also very trending in the last couple um, months. Yeah. That's something that's pretty interesting as well. It's also, it fits pretty nicely into what you're doing because I think a lot of it has to do with community, whereas people feel like they can belong to something. You touched on it as well, like some sort of digital identity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I'm, I don't know what your, what are your thoughts on, on these avatars? Are they, how valuable are they? Not in terms of money, but like what, what uh, what benefits does it give to an individual? I would ask, what benefits does wearing a Rolex give to an individual? What benefits does wearing like a, an expensive uh, pearl necklace give to an individual? Um, essentially, what 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 is happening here is not only are you able to capture an asset that is you know clearly scarce, it's worth a lot of money, um, maybe it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to people outside of crypto or NFTs. Um, why it's worth so much money, but it's it's obviously what is somebody willing to pay for that asset, right? Um, and, and what does it acquire for you? Well, in the terms of like CryptoPunks and Bored Apes, what you're getting is exclusive membership access to a community that um, only has so many uh, Bored Apes, that, that there is a higher demand than there is a supply. Um, simple, you know, basic uh, supply and demand. But additionally, um, you can use this as a networking tool now, because if I have, for example, if I have a CryptoPunk, right, obviously we know how scarce CryptoPunks are in the NFT world. Uh, maybe people outside don't really understand. Um, maybe they ask questions if they don't understand. Um, but either way, 
you know, if I own a CryptoPunk, clearly I'm in a, an elite class of NFT holders uh, because of the scarcity of CryptoPunks as a whole. And so uh, what's happening right now on Twitter, especially, is anybody who has a CryptoPunk, you know, a verified CryptoPunk, which is why I think it would be very cool for the, you know, the Twitter profile picture verification, um, you know, it is essentially getting a lot of new followers because, uh, you know, if you own a CryptoPunk, I mean, that, that asset's worth quite a bit of money now. Um, I mean, clearly because Visa was willing to buy one for, you know, $150,000 or something like that. Um, and so it's become a networking tool um, uh, that's very useful, especially if you're doing business in cryptocurrency or especially if you want to get your name out there. You know, maybe you have a business that's not even relatively close to NFTs and things like that. But just for boring, uh, buying a board Ape, for example, or a CryptoPunk and posting it on Twitter, you're likely to get uh, you know, hundreds of new followers who are very influential, influential um, in their own sphere of influence um, that could help your business in some form or fashion. So I think that's one of the, the primary reasons why people are, are kind of aping in, uh, so to speak, into like board apes and crypto punks. Um, and so that's like the first thing. And so people are using it as like a pseudonymous identity. That's the other thing. Uh, maybe people don't want to, um, you know, have their their face out there, um, you know, in an anonymous digital world. Maybe they want to have something else represent them. A crypto punk or a board ape that has a floor of, you know, for example, a board ape like what thirty eight ETH now or something crazy. Um, obviously, crypto punk way up there. That is a cool way to display who you are because now I know exactly what you're into. You're into NFTs. You're into crypto punks, board apes. You've got money clearly, or you at least made a good investment opportunity. So I want to like be around you. Um, so there's a lot of different reasons why you know these these profile picture NFTs are becoming popular. Uh, but ultimately, uh, people are using them as like networking tools, pseudonymous identity, um, and there's a lot of different uh, functional use cases that could come along with that. Um, that we're trying to facilitate at Nifty Labs. Yeah. One of the things that's uh, an interesting point someone made is that this marketing is actually becomes an asset as well. Like Visa buy, like let's say they want to spend $100,000 on marketing, right? They run yep. Facebook ads yep, or whatever they do. I don't know, coupons, discounts, whatever it is. Right. Um, but then at the end, they... All that money just goes away, right? They spend a hundred thousand dollars on a crypto punk. Now they all of a sudden they have this asset. Like even if it drops fifty percent, like they they got the marketing value. Yep. They could sell it if they really want. Like so, it's, it's pretty interesting, and I'm I'm sure more businesses will just buy an NFT. I mean, there's there's very limited downside for them, you know, especially these you know a crypto punk like. I mean, what's, what's Twitter what's the to downside? Lose? Like, yeah. what are they going to lose? 200K? Like, they, they don't care. Like, <laughs> no. I mean, and, and to buy a, such a scarce asset that's been around for a few years. Um, and obviously, yeah, like you said, get the marketing value out of that as well. You know, $150,000, you know, like you said, advertising on Google or Facebook or anything like that is not going to get you trending on Twitter, right? Buying a CryptoPunk as Visa was able to get them trending on Twitter. That is a purchase well spent, you know, on top of the fact that you got the asset now and you can actually use it to experiment with some things, um, you know, now that you own it. So I, I think V, like I said, Visa is very smart for doing this. Um, I know for a fact that they have uh, additional plans for NFTs um, and Web3 in general. Um, and like I said, I will just, I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs>
No more, no, no more needs to be said. <laughs> right. Yeah, no more needs to be said. Yep. All right. So, um, as far as, uh, your project, is there anything that is upcoming that you're particularly excited about? Absolutely. So we have been building, uh, Nifty labs and all of the tech developments, um, that we have currently for over a year. Um, you know, we haven't even, um, you know, really put out that much information about um, a token in between that span of time. But uh, we have worked really hard to get to this point where we can finally introduce a utility token into our product ecosystem. Um, and it's, it's part of what we're calling um, uh, access to earn, similar to like, you know, uh, play to earn, like Axie Infinity, except in our ecosystem, essentially accessing different um, you know, token gates or token portals through our ecosystem with your NFT or your digital assets um, essentially just rewards you in, uh, in Nifty tokens. And so our Nifty token is coming live um, on IDEO the week of September 24th. Um, it looks like we'll have a dual launch um, uh, on BSC and Ethereum. And so uh, definitely just uh, look out for that if you want to check out um, niftynetwork.io. That's nftynetwork.io. Um, that's where the countdown timer will be and all any, you know, any information about the token. So, um, that's, what's coming up. Um, yeah, that's, that's just kind of like a, like a big announcement or big update we have. How, how are you doing the launch? Um, what are you in terms of what? It's like, oh, uh, like IDO or just, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we have, we have two launch pads, um, confirmed. Um, I don't know if I can give specifics yet um but they're they're pretty big launch pads actually i think the bsc launch pad is the biggest on on binance smart chain um and then uh, i can't release any specific information just yet we're just confirming um with them this week um but yeah just definitely just stay on the on the lookout on niftynetwork.io we'll be launching on those ideos first um and then of course we'll release on dex liquidity after that it's pretty interesting to have um what, what did you call it? Uh, it something to, to earn? Access what to it? earn. Access to earn. That's a pretty yeah. a, a neat idea. It's, uh, it's essentially like, um, you know, authentication in Web3 is going to be a totally different, um, you know, look, feel, and environment, in, in our opinion. And it's the way it should be. And so when you're authenticating um, for simply owning digital assets, you as the user should be rewarded uh, for your incentivized behavior uh, for these creators. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, paying people just to join different communities. I mean, is it just literally connecting your wallet and joining, or is there like some sort of engagement level of engagement you have to, or? Yeah, for example, um, let's just say it, I look at it as kind of like the, uh, are you familiar with like gleam.io by chance? No. Um, so, so gleam.io is, is a, um, a web to uh, growth tool uh, for marketing. Essentially what you can do with that is you could run different competitions or giveaways on Twitter, for example, the user would be required to log into Twitter to verify that they are doing the requirements like liking or you know, following the user, whatever that might look like. Um, and then after they've done the requirements, they're um, rewarded with something, whatever that looks like. Now the difference is in web three, um, you know, we can do a lot of really cool things with rewards because we can tap directly into wallet addresses. Um, so essentially the way it would work is let's just say that you're a new NFT community. You want to, uh, somehow, um, you know, incentivize users organically to join your discord or telegram, for example, how do you do that? Well, and one of the ways that we're going to essentially be able to facilitate this 
is, okay, I own this NFT community's NFT. Um, they're asking me to join their Discord or Telegram. And if I do prove that I own the NFT um, and join the Telegram or Discord, in that process of logging in um, to those uh, community groups, I can get rewarded to um, a rewards wallet um, just for doing that, right? And I can you know, claim uh, my rewards over a vested period of time. Uh, that way, um, the user doesn't just like leave the group immediately after and then take their rewards and you know skip town. Um, if we do vested rewards over a period of time, they have to obviously keep coming back and keep proving that they still own the NFT um, needed to get these rewards. Um, so you can think of it as like a, a decentralized community growth tool. Um, and sometimes in some cases, you won't even have to require the NFT. Maybe you just have a brand new community and you want to you know, uh, give away like fungible tokens or NFTs um, to users just for joining. Um, and then with our application, uh, since we use OAuth with Telegram and Discord, for example, um, we can actually verify that the users did in fact get into the group um, instead of just requiring the user to join a link, um, which you, know, you can't really manually verify that. Um, it, in fact, it's very difficult to do um, if you're attempting that. So we can automate the whole process and reward the user in the automated process for the creator um, of the, that community and, uh, and start driving organic growth um, with real rewards, so. Very cool, very cool. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to pay their users to join the Discord, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it's, um, it, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of what exists in crypto today is um, obviously like, you know, there's a lot of bots. I think we both know that. I think everybody knows that, right? There's bots everywhere on Twitter, Telegram, Discord. Um, but obviously, if you're building a legitimate investor community or collector community for NFT, um, you know, collectors, you want to have organic users, right? And what better way to, to, you know, incentivize them to join your community than if I simply get a reward just for joining, right? And I can, I can verify as a creator that that user does in fact hold my NFT, if that's the requirement, um, or if they join the, the Telegram or Discord community. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's very cool. Nice. I like it a lot. Well, uh, I, I think we should uh, move to wrapping up this conversation. But before we go, uh, how would you like the users to take action after listening? Mm, that's a good question. I think the easiest way would just be to follow um, at Nifty Network um, on Twitter or at Nifty Labs on Twitter. So it's N-F-T-Y-L-A-B on Twitter um, without the S or, or Nifty Network, N-F-T-Y Network. Um, that's the easiest way we keep, we keep all of our updates through there. If you want join the telegram discord community, um, we have a lot of really cool things coming up for any, any users that want to join our ecosystem. Um, obviously we, we touched on a lot of those things like the rewards and things like that. So, all right. Well, uh, final question is a curveball. Okay. You can handle it though. Okay. <laughs> if you had a billboard yeah. in a highly trafficked place, maybe times square, what would you put on it? Hmm. Let's see. Oh man, that's a good question. Uh, I would put, oh man, there's a lot of different ways you go about this. It would have to be something related to NFTs, obviously, because that's where I'm at right now. Um, I think I'd keep it super simple. Uh, maybe something like taking NFTs from speculation to utility maybe something like that. Um, 
that's basically like the, the, the shortest tagline that I can give people for what we're trying to accomplish at NFT Labs. Um, the speculative side of NFTs as they currently exist, I don't believe is, is what their uh, future form will look like. I think that they're all functional. They all do something. So that's what I would say. Right. Ty, thank you very much for your time. Continued success on your project and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, Gabriel. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on.